This is John Shannon with Radio Free Galisteo, and I am speaking with Dennis Kucinich, who is familiar to many of you here in Galisteo and uh, the rest of the United States and the, the world, I imagine. Uh, today, we're going to ask him about his book, The Division of Light and Power, and um, also about his connections to our little town. Good morning, sir. Uh, good morning, John. It's uh, great to join you at Radio Free Galisteo. Well, it's great to have you with us this morning. Let's kick off with your your book, The Division of Light and Power, which uh, sounds like it could be uh, a uh, a part of uh, heaven, I suppose. But <laughs> it, we're talking about your time in Cleveland, uh, both as a city councilor and then mayor. Can you tell everybody why you wrote this book and why it's important now? Yes. The book's important now because we're going through a period where cities are, uh, when the American Rescue Plan money runs out, cities are going to be faced with a whole wave of privatization. And what the book is about is about this, this fight to uh, protect the public interest and to stop a, a municipal electric system from literally being stolen. And so the, the story opens up in 1969, when I had just been elected to city council, it's Christmas time and all the lights in downtown Cleveland go out. So I'm this new councilman wondering what in the world's going on? Why are the lights going out? Well, it turns out they were going out frequently. So the story that develops is one of corporate espionage and sabotage, how the outages on the city's light system were actually being engineered by a private utility company mm -hmm. trying to force the city to sell it. Uh, our own municipal electric system. I mean, part of this is a detective story. Part of it is a, a story of a raw exercise of political power. Part of it is a crime story uh, where organized criminal interest uh, decided that the only way to remove me was uh, through an assassination plot. And, you know, but everything in this book is documented. So this is really a, a very exciting story, but it's also a warning about what happens if people aren't alert as to what's going on in their own community. Yeah, I know some other reviewers referred uh, to this as being equivalent to uh, Chinatown in terms of uh, the 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 depth of involvement of the mob and uh, corruption. Um, so, have you sold the movie rights? <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm sure that's going to happen. <laughs> I uh, think it would. Know, just, oh, I mean, really, seriously. I mean, I've had. Uh, there, there's a high degree of interest in this story, uh, you know, not only in the book itself, uh, but but people can see it as a movie or a TV series. And why? Because the way the story unfolds, it's a very powerful human drama of a young mayor, who happened to be me, taking on these crooked interests and not flinching and just standing in there despite the threats and helping, you know, to save this municipal electric system from a uh, a continuing series of perils of Pauline type uh, uh, episodes. Uh, it's a, it's a, I'll tell you, to write it was an experience, but to live it, oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, sir. And as, as I was reading parts of this, I mean, it, it does, uh, I mean, it's very dramatic. Uh, you know, your very life was threatened, uh, your family. So, uh, yeah, very compelling story. <laughs> I think everyone... We'll, we'll assume that uh, it, it turned out in some way for the better. Well, we still have our municipal electric system, despite the dirty tricks that were played. It went beyond dirty tricks. I, I mean, it, it was a, 
absolute uh, sabotage of our government and and an attempt to overthrow a municipal government in order to force us to sell our electric system to this private utility. And and you know these uh, these events which uh, were unprecedented in surfacing uh, in American history are thoroughly documented. And John, here's what it comes down to: we had an electric system that provided electricity to the people of Cleveland at a savings of 20 percent. You know, electricity is electricity is electricity. If you could buy your electricity for 20 percent cheaper than what you're paying now, you take the deal. Right. You get cheaper. Well, this private utility didn't want that. They wanted to wipe out the competition so they could charge whatever they could get away with. And uh, no one would be any the wiser. Plus, they had a motive in that they were in trouble financially because they built nuclear power plants that were neither used nor useful. So so the, the you know, the plot was, uh, thickened uh, as they began to uh, take steps to undermine the city's utility. They sold that. They actually sold the utility job. They sold it. Mm. And that's I intervened to block the sale. And that's, uh, of course, when the first rifle shot uh, missed my head by a fraction. And, and, you know, and so the story that was even before I became mayor. So the story is one that you know, is fraught with uh, intrigue and danger. It's all true. I wish that it were not, but it happened. And so I've uh, shared with people uh, across the country, not just this experience, but the importance of knowing what's going on in your own local government. That translates all the way up the up the scale, doesn't it? I mean, if we if we think about what's happening in American politics, uh, in Congress, uh, in in the White House, uh, everything we've just experienced, uh, knowing what's going on is important. How in today's world of this split media, how can we know what is true? Well, yeah, you know, that's it's a deeply philosophical question. I think I think that, you know, it begins with trusting oneself. I mean, look, each one of us has a kind of a guidance as to, you know, testing our, our reality. And uh, if it you know, we have to we have to trust our own instincts on things. Uh, and media tries to shape our our opinions in such a way as to get us to consume Product A, B, or C, uh, idea, um, uh, D, E, and F, and or candidate, you know, GHI. And so we we really have to trust our own instincts and uh, and ask a lot of questions, you know, because there are things that happen that we may not know. And how I got into the story, Jim, was you know I started to ask questions. Right. What's going on? Why the lights keep going out? And that took, and it was just a question that started me on this journey of discovery. And, and I think in some ways, it's the right question helps save the country. Let me ask you this. Did you work with Norm Krumholtz? Oh, very closely. Norm, Norm was uh, someone who I relied upon for uh, analysis, for deep analysis of what was going on. He was a premier city planner, probably, uh, you know, one of the uh, great planners in the United States and someone who, who understood that the function of cities was to be of service to people, not just to be a, uh, a gas station that wealthy interests could uh, pull up to city hall and say, fill it up and move on. Uh, you, you know, I, I think we're, uh, we're in a period where, where Norm Krumholtz's legacy becomes very important. And I, I will say that, you know, 
every every office that I that I have been in, I've always tried to honor that legacy and that commitment to the public interest that Norm uh, had. Yeah, I, I have a personal connection with Norm as well. I went. Uh... I have a degree in urban planning from the University of Buffalo, and uh, Norm uh, came out and spoke to us on a number of occasions. This was in the the early 90s, and uh, his whole philosophy of uh, equity planning was uh, was something that a a number of us really latched onto. So, very very important figure, and continues to be. Yeah, absolutely. You are um, very familiar to folks here in Galisteo. (laughs) <laughs> I should be. I've uh, I've been coming to Gallistale for over 40 years. Okay. Well, then that begs the question, when are you coming out for a visit again? Well, I'll tell you, you know, my uh, dear friend, uh, Chris Griscom at the Light Institute, mm. I've been visiting with her for, for years. Uh, we're great friends. Uh, and she has a, um, you know, her approach to life is, uh, I, I think, worth emulating for for all of us because she really understands the uh the spiritual dimension that underpins our our external world and and you know john when i went through that experience in cleveland that i wrote about Mm -hmm. uh, as somebody completes the book you understand you can understand how shattering it was to to be a 31 year old mayor to try to stand up for what's right to be neither uh, boss nor bought, and to have uh, the ethical signposts of one's life totally pilloried mm-hmm. by these interest groups so that they gaslit Cleveland to make uh, right wrong and worse the better reason. And, and so that experience was so gripping mm. that, I, that, you know, after I left office, uh, I, you know, I had to find a place to kind of sort things out and just to try to f- put everything back together again. So I came out to Galisteo. You're listening to Radio Free Galisteo's podcast with Dennis Kucinich. You can support Radio Free Galisteo by going to www.radiofreegalisteo.com and clicking on our Patreon support button. Now back to the interview. And I don't have to, you know, anybody who's, who's within the sound of my voice will understand, you know, to uh, to be, uh, to get close to the land again, to connect with the, uh, the you know, the, sang- the sangre de Cristos and to be able to, to attune to the ancient energy of the land, to get into a state of timelessness where you connect not just with, where you connect with everything and everyone, is, is really, to me, it was the path towards, uh, towards being able to reconnect and, 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 and interpret my own personal experience. You know, and I love being there. I mean, you know, what's not to like? You're talking about one of the most, you know, extraordinarily beautiful places in, in the world. And so my... And and uh, being in touch with Chris and her family has, for me, always been so important. And, and of course, you, you know, I th- th- there's a there's a lot about Galisteo that I carry with me. Well, thank you for those kind words. I'm sure the uh, <laughs> the the village right now is 
having a, a, a moment of uh, <laughs> glowing in your praise. <laughs> Thank you very much. And you're right. Everybody who's come here gets that. Everything uh, that you just listed off, this is, this is a special place. And um, I'm, I'm very happy that you, you found your way here and, and still find your way here. Back to this, uh, sorry for jumping around, but back to the situation that you described in the division of power and light. You sort of have what happened, and if I'm reading this correctly, what happened with the Electric Reliability Council in Texas would you say that's the outcome if if you let the privatization run wild? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, Texas uh, is, is unique. It has its own grid. Uh, the people in charge of the grid, ERCOT, did not uh, make the capital improvements that were necessary to protect the system against the harsh winter which Texas experienced. And because they didn't provide that protection, uh, Texas was vulnerable to the outages. And then what happened, the only way that people could get power was to pay a premium for it. And electric bills went up thousands of dollars a month. It's extraordinary what happened in Texas. And, you know, I understand the psychology of Texas. Texans are very independent. They want to do it alone. They wanted their own grid. They don't want to be connected. But the people they gave responsibility for maintaining the grid did not do their job. Mm-hmm. And, and all of Texas paid for it and is still paying for it. So, you know, there is this, you know, we're at a point where we all understand electricity is essential to life. And these utilities are not, they're given uh, the power to be able to, uh, in, in a way, manage our lives through managing a grid, managing a power system. And when they fail, that should just be taken away from them. Because, you know, there's no accountability. If it's a private, if it's privately or quasi-privately operated or owned, where's the accountability? Nobody has to, you know, resign. No one has to fall on their sword. It's just all, all a matter of, uh, well, you know, we'll see if we can make a little bit more investment. Look, I, you know, I, it's not just Texas, but it's California. You look at Paradise, California burned down because uh, Pacific Gas and Electric wouldn't maintain their, uh, the, uh, properly maintain their lines. You know, we, we are at a point right now where public control of, of these municipal service facilities becomes uh, an urgent matter in communities. People, people should have the ability to be able to, to reach and touch a public official and say, and hold them accountable. But you can't hold a private company accountable. You know, if you don't like what they do, they just tell you to, to get lost. So I, I, I think, you know, it was a mayor of Cleveland at the turn of the 20th century. His name was Tom Johnson. He said, I believe in public and in, in municipal ownership of public service facilities, of, of waterworks, of schools, of parks, uh, and of electric systems. Uh, because if you do not own them, they will in time own you. They'll corrupt your politics, rule your institutions, and finally destroy your liberties. Mm-hmm. The book that I've written, John, The Division of Light and Power, is an explication of that warning. It is a story of how uh, a private utility ruled the politics of a city and corrupted uh, its, uh, its politics and, and its institutions and how they were, were at last within reach of destroying the liberties of people by, by destroying any choice that people had 
for power. So, you know, this this uh, book, uh, as I'm finding out from the response of people around the country, uh, is uh, has really caught the moment of people's concerns about uh, corporate domination of, of basic life's necessities and the urgency of people standing up for their rights to claim control and authority over those necessities. The social media, Facebook, uh, large corporations like Amazon and Google, should they be re- regulated like utilities? Of course. You know, this is... Look, we we find out only after their domination is so complete that there are are issues that relate to uh, the public interest that often get ignored. You know, there's uh, look, uh, you know, first of all, it's a question of of monopolies. Mm. Uh, Have we not learned enough in America that uh, monopolies have an inherent danger? And, uh, you know, the whole basis, if we we have a capitalist system, monopolies do violence to the idea of democracy because it wipes out competition. Mm -hmm. If we believe in capitalism, then, you know, we have to believe that competition can improve uh, products, can make them uh, more accessible, can, you know, really lead us onto the path of a better life. But when you have a monopoly, that doesn't happen. You just simply do what they say. And that is not democratic. It's profoundly anti-democratic. And so, you know, these and, you know, there's always this dynamic tension that goes on in the evolution of, a, of an economy. Mm-hmm. And so we're we're at the moment where we realize that we cannot let these corporations have the kind of control that they do over our lives without having some form of regulation. I think we're running short on our time here. So let me ask you for any final thoughts today on our conversation. Well, I look forward to uh, to visiting uh, Galisteo. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a break from this pandemic. But if not, uh, hello to all my friends. I love all of you. And uh, that the book, The Division of Light and Power, in many ways would never have been written had Galisteo not existed. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. So thank you. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a wonderful acknowledgement. This is out everywhere currently do you have a place you would like to send listeners to uh go to the web and you'll find and go to your local bookstore you've got a you know uh, a number of them in uh, santa fe area okay so uh and you can get it online the book's accessible uh and uh, john thanks for the chance to be with you and uh, you know i uh, anyone who's interested in not just government but in america today and in the world an issue of of human freedom this book you might find of, of uh of value. So I, I want to thank you again for the chance to be on Radio Free Galisteo. Uh, much love to uh, all of, uh, again, to all my friends and to, and to Chris uh, Griscom and the family there. Thanks so much. Thank you, sir. You've been listening to Dennis Kucinich, the author of The Division of Light and Power. This is John Shannon for Radio Free Galisteo. Radio Free Galisteo is listener-supported radio. You can go to our Patreon support button on www.radiofreegalisteo.com and become an active supporter of this podcast.